Okay, Revelation chapter 18, we'll pray. I think I'll do something. I'll take the time to read the chapter, because I think it, it, will, it will help, and then we'll go back and comment, uh, comment on it. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, as we look into your holy word, we pray that the Spirit of God will come lead us in these things. We want to be, as I've always said, right down the middle of the right road theologically. I don't want to add to your word, and I certainly don't want to subtract from it. Um, Lord, you don't need an editor. You need someone who just teaches your word word boldly. And Lord, may I be that person. And may we receive, Lord, from your hand this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Revelation 18, after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird for all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth had committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities." Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. In the cup which she hath filled, fill unto her double. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire." For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her, and the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and live deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing far off uh, for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come, and the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more the merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and of fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all fine wood and all manner of vessels of ivory and all manner of vessels of most precious wood and of brass and of iron and of marble and of cinnamon and of odors and of ointments and of frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee, and all things which are dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. The merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, for in one hour so great riches has come to naught. And every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein were made rich, all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness, for in one hour she is made desolate. 
Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shalt thou great city be thrown down and shall be found no more. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and of trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee, and no craftsman, whatever craft he be, shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee, and the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints, and of all that were slain upon the earth. Pretty graphic, right? Destruction of Babylon. We started last week, and I think for my money, and some people disagree, and this is a little controversial, I think there's an ecclesiastical, or let's call it a religious Babylon, and I think there's a merchant, uh, let's call it, oh, I don't even know, just commercial Babylon. I think some people call it that. And I think these are tied hand in hand. They're both the Antichrist beast system, but they're two different entities. Why do you say that? Well, they get destroyed at two different times. Um, Verse 1 of chapter 18 starts out after these things. We know this, metatout in the Greek. We've metatouted all over the place. We know after these things, and it gives us the chronology of the book. This happens, and then this happens, and then this happens in a chronological sequence. Chapter 17, I don't think, is actually chronological because you've got to remember when the Antichrist comes to like uber prominence in the middle of the tribulation, he sets up what is called the abomination of desolation. At that point, he have no, has no rivals. This system goes away. And I think it's a different thing from, from Revelation 18 because the kings of the earth celebrate the destruction of, of mystery Babylon, this great whore, this harlot. But in chapter 18, when Babylon part two, commercial Babylon is destroyed, they wail, they lament. It's, a, it's really a lamentable situation. And so I think that's why they're two different objects. Now, the first, I, I put ecclesiastical Babylon, I say Rome, and I say that's where it's headquartered. You say, you're saying it's Roman Catholic. I think part of Catholicism will, will, will be intact after the rapture, not all of it. Uh, remember, I, I, I've said this a lot of times. When I was born again, I was Catholic. I came out from, from that. Uh, do you know, does anyone here know a born-again Catholic? Oh, good. A couple, a couple. Yeah, okay, I see some hands in the back. Yeah, we know that. When the trumpet sounds, are they getting out of here? Yeah, all the Church of Jesus Christ is. Now, whether the Pope gets out of there or not, listen, I'm no, I'm no man's judge. I don't judge another man's servant. But you've got to remember, our current Pope believes that, our, our Pope, well, he's the world's Pope, I don't know. Uh, the current Pope believes that good atheists go to heaven. You judge whether the man is saved. Don't judge, but I mean, you make your own. Jesus says, by your fruit you shall know them. That's all I'm saying. But Adam, why do you say it's headquartered in Rome? Well, we got the scarlet and the pur- purple from verse 4. We have the um, 
wealth, the unimaginable wealth of uh, verse 4, the blood of martyrs on her hands, verse 6. One can think of the Protestant Reformation and then the, the Spanish Inquisition that followed. But verse 18, I think, seals it up for us. The angel's explaining it to John. He says, what's your marvel for? Let me explain. Verse 18 says, The woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Now it takes all the options and narrows it right down to one. In John's day, who was the great city that reigned over all the kings of the earth? It was Rome. He was in the Isle of Patmos because he crossed swords with this man named Domitian who was the emperor of Rome. So Rome is number one city of the, the earth at that time. And that the angel, who should know, says, hey, it's Rome. What's your problem? Now, others would disagree, but I think you have to deal with chapter 18, verse 18. Uh, chapter 17, verse 18. Now chapter 18, verse 1. After these things, Metatauta, this is, it happened after. Sometime after, let's say about three and a half years after, ish. Okay, we can't pin these down exactly. After these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lighted with his glory. Some people make this Jesus Christ. I don't think so. Just an angel. And he, it could be. And he cried with a, uh, mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the great is fallen, is fallen. The double because of emphasis and soonness. You remember like when Joseph interprets... Uh, Pharaoh's dream. He said you had it twice because these things are soon going to happen. And the Bible, when it repeats itself, is is like we repeat ourselves for emphasis, but also with the idea of this is going to happen very soon. Uh, he cried mightily with a loud voice, Babylon the Great has fallen, has fallen, has become the habitation of devils, the hold of every foul spirit, a uh, cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Scripture tells us that Babylon will be the habitation of demons in the kingdom age. Now, you say, well, Establish that. I will. For the next three or four Wednesdays in a row, we'll be talking about the kingdom. Very, very little is said about the kingdom in Revelation. Why? Because John presupposes that you know the 65 books that have gone before this by the time he writes Revelation. So he talks about the kingdom age. And the only thing that Revelation 20 adds to our knowledge of the kingdom is its length, a thousand years. I mean... You can, I can teach four weeks, I can teach probably eight or nine without even stretching it out. I'll go fast and we'll get it done in three or four weeks on the kingdom age. There's a lot of scripture on that in the Old Testament. You know, uh, just the general conditions, uh, who enters in, uh, you know, uh, the Israel during the kingdom age, the government during the kingdom age, the worship during the kingdom age, you during the kingdom age, um, then other Gentiles who will have been saved after the church is out of here during the kingdom age, the scripture has so much to say. We might make it eight or nine or ten. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I'll try to get it three or four weeks. But like I say, we'll, more on that so we don't. But Babylon is going to exist into the tribulation, into the, um, the, the millennial kingdom. And it's going to be where devils or demons live. Uh, where's Satan going to live? In the abyss. We'll see that next week. The bottomless pit in chapter 19. An angel will deal with him. Um, but Babylon, it's the same earth that we're, that we're on now during the kingdom age. It's going to be refurbished. It was ruined for, for a large part during the, 
The seven-year tribulation will be refurbished earth, but it will have places like Egypt that it mentions and Assyria that it mentions and Babylon that it mentions and other places as well. And Babylon will be the habitation of demons. Why? For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Um, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. The merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Everyone's, nobody's unaffected by Babylon. Um, we talked about this at length last week, so we won't, you know, reteach last week's sermon. I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, uh, that ye be not partakers of her sins, that ye receive not of her plagues. Listen, if there's a message here this morning, come out of her, my people. Okay, is it a geography? Yeah, I'm sure it is. And people at that time won't want to be living there because it's going to end up very poorly for them. I think that one hour your destruction has come is literal. Um, that's how I feel. And, of course, that's subject for debate as well. But there's always a coming out. You do understand that. Come out from among her and be separate. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, saith the Lord. Listen, to, to be a Christian is to come out of Egypt. You say, Adam, you were in Egypt? Would you see the pyramids of Sphinx? No. Egypt is a picture of the world. I was in it. We were all in it. We were all in the world. And when God calls us, he calls us to separate ourselves from the world. You ever hear of a Christian who's called worldly? Are Christians worldly? I'd like to draw you a picture of somebody who's worldly. I, I, I can't imagine it. You, you can't imagine it. You've never seen such a thing. Listen, the sad thing is we've all seen it, and we've all, and we've all wrestled with it. And our Christian experience, to a large part, is this, was we enter into this relationship with Jesus Christ. He's saying, listen, that's not something that you want to be hanging on to. That's going to weigh you down. That's, that's not beneficial to you going forward. And you know, I, I don't know how many people I talk. I talked with a guy this week. He says, "You know, you got to lead me to the Lord." You gotta, you know, he says, "You got to save me someday here." And I, we with a group of people, and I didn't want to say anything that, but I'm going to circle back and say, you know, because he wants to, like before it's all done, he wants to get saved. Good for him. Today's the day, and that's all I said. I said, "Now's a good day," as the way I said to him. Scripture, right? Now's a good day. Today's the acceptable day for salvation. You know what the problem is? We think that, hey, let's sow our wild oats. Let's have a high time. Let's have fun. Let's have sin. And then when we're old and doddering and don't have any teeth left and we've done all the experiences, then let's turn our lives over to God. Oh, my goodness. Wait, wait what? If you have that crazy idea, say aloud, Get thee behind me, Satan, because it's a satanic thought. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might live it to the full. Abundant, you might, that you might live it more abundantly. Hey, I got life. I got it like I'm supposed to be lived. We think like God is a fuddy-duddy killjoy trying to rain on our parade. What God do you worship? A joy, a deep abiding joy. Have you noticed people out there have, what's the new word? Anxiety. And they struggle with depression. Do I struggle with depression? Uh, nope. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I don't. And I don't mean to laugh at people. I, you know, uh, is there some sort of uh, chemical in the brain that gets shut off? So I, listen, I'm not a medical person. 
I think most people, what they need is a good dose of Jesus Christ and fellowship with him. And a lot of those problems are going to be relegated to the past. But anyway, there's a come out from among them and be separate. Is that a geographical thing? I think here it is. But if not, and not in your own life, at least come out in the sense of like, don't have nothing to do with worldliness. Satan's a liar. Just you understand when he when he speaks, he speaks his native long t- native long. I was, I was going to say language and tongue. I come up with long. <laughs> he speaks his native language, which is lies all the time. He promises and he never delivers, ever. Why do we? You know, we think ah, uh, stolen waters are sweet. Well, how come you get a mouthful of gravel then? You know why? Because Satan's a liar. And Jesus only tells the truth all the time. You want abundant life? Hey, I got the, I got the secret. I'm going to give you eternal life. In the interim, I'm going to bless your face off. I am just going to pour love in, into you, and, and you're just going to know what it is to be my son, my, my daughter, my child. Anyway, boy, I'd be preaching if I keep it up. I don't know if I go to the next things. Come out from among, and I think it's a geography but her sins have reached into heaven. God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she reward you. Double unto her, double according to her works. In the cup which she hath filled, fill to her double. No comment, right? How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much tor- tor- torment and sorrow give her. For she said in her heart, I'm a queen and I'm no widow and she'll see no sorrow. Ha! Huh. Want to bet? What a weird... What a weird, weird um, uh, uh, brag that is, right? I'm no widow. Like, Jerusalem is what she's saying, and she's setting herself up as a contrast. I'm a queen. Oh, yeah? I'm going to see no sorrow. Oh, yeah? Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine. She shall be utterly burned with fire. Strong is the Lord God who judges her. They think when, when Jesus comes back, they're going to fight against him. They think they're going to prevail. I told you, that's psychotic. A created creature thinking they can defeat the creator? That's psychotic. I said before, Satan thinks so. Satan's psychotic. I'm not saying he's stupid. Please, don't confuse. I'm saying he's got something in there that doesn't quite work exactly correctly. And people think like, you know, I'll stand before God and I'll give him a piece of my mind. No. No. You won't, you won't prevail. The kings of the earth have committed fornication. Is that actual fornication? No, I... Yeah, but I mean, I think the point is like, you know, God says about to Israel, you've, you've, you're cheating on me with all these false gods. And I think that's the, the idea. You're, you're worshiping Jesus Christ as the Lord, the God, the Savior of mankind, or you're worshiping a lesser God. And if you think it's you, I think you get the silliest God of all. But that's just my humble opinion. We welcome yours, but not from this pulpit. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication and live deliciously with her. They shall bewail her and lament to her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. It doesn't sound like a metaphor. It sounds like an actual event. Is it a nuclear event? I don't know that. Is it God just raining down fire and brimstone? I do think that, by the way. That, that's how it's actually going to be because there's a lot of stuff, especially in uh, Jeremiah 49 and 50, where 
Um, uh, I mean 50 and 51, where it actually says that. God's going to deal with her like he dealt with uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. So they're going to see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for one hour is thy judgment come. Adam, what do you think Babylon is? I don't know. I think Babylon. I think Babylon. Like Babylon. You mean that, like, run-down little place in Iraq? Well, it could become a major, the major city in, what, two years? Especially if you cut corners on building codes. I mean, cities can go up in a hurry. Right after the rapture, they're going to stop building Babylon? I don't know. But there are things in Jeremiah specifically. Also, you know, we studied this, the destruction of Babylon, like four weeks. Uh, we looked at Isaiah chapter 13, 14. We looked at uh, Jeremiah 50, 51. We looked at these chapters somewhat. And it seems like there's a place in Iraq that, like, it mentions the Chaldees and it mentions, like, the geography and stuff. And it seems like, and that's never happened historically. I think it's actually going to, the capital of the world will move back to Babylon, the place where all rebellion started. And I think that's what God's going to judge. And I could be wrong. And I, I hear a lot of people, you can watch YouTube videos to your heart's content. Babylon is New York. Babylon is London. Uh, Babylon is Saudi Arabia. And they, they all have their reasons and there's some things you can connect dots and stuff, but they don't all fit. But Babylon, the only reason it doesn't fit is because there's hardly anything there right now. But I think it's going to be rebuilt. But that's my own weird idea. Uh, but but not my own. I mean, a lot of people think that. Chuck Missler being one of them. I've always uh, uh, been a, a devotee of Chuck. Uh, the, okay, the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise anymore. That's the whole problem. The merchandise of, and then we have these, this, this manifest, right? Gold, silver, precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, scarlet, all fine, thine wood, all manner of vessels of ivory, precious wood, brass, iron, and marble, cinnamon, odors, ointments, and frankincense, and wine, and oil, and fine flour, and wheat, and beasts, and sheep, and horses, and chariots. What? Chariots? We going back to chariots now? Use your, sanctified imagination a little bit. Mitsubishi, you know, Lexus, make it what you want. Chariots. And what is all these? What are, what are all these? I think these are the actual manifests on the actual ships that are actually being sold. I don't think you have to spiritualize. We can go through this and uh, gold means, you know, that which is, uh, you know, eh, I think it's actual gold, etc., etc., etc. And slaves. The word there is bodies, Okay, bodies. And I think this speaks to specifically sex traffic, people buying bodies. God has to judge Babylon. God has to judge Babylon and the souls of men. It's a satanic system. It's what Satan wanted all along, the souls of men. I see this as clearly as I can see anything. And I talk to people and some, some, not, no one here. I mean, you're all very smart. I get it. I get it. But I talk to other people and they don't get it. They don't get the battle. They don't understand. They don't even understand the fight. They don't understand any 
aspect of it. It's very frustrating. Satan wants your soul more than he wants anything else. And we will sell our soul for... It, it, it almost seems like everyone has a price, and it amazes me how paltry that price is, acceptance of my friends. If I come out and say, yeah, I don't think I believe your silly stuff anymore. I don't believe, like, whoever dies the most toys wins. They'll laugh at me. Oh, they'll laugh at you, honey. Well, we don't want that. And we'll sell our soul for nothing, for nothing. Jesus says, you know, whoever gains the whole world, He's not, the world there is cosmos. <laughs> All there is. <laughs> you, can, you can get the whole world, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune thrown in. Okay? You, you can have every nebula, every black hole out there. Here it is for your soul. And Jesus Christ, the Creator, says, no dice. Your soul is worth more to me than all of that stuff. I just... You want to you wanna save your life? You'll lose it. Want to lose your life for his sake and for the kingdom? You'll find it. It's, 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 it's pretty easy. It's pretty straightforward. This, this system's going away. And what this system needs is a decent burial. It's always been broken. Many Christians are caught up in it. It's everything you know is earmarked for destruction, and the only things that are eternal are your soul and the Word of God. Okay? Everything you know is earmarked for destruction. Everything. Peter says, loud noise, fervent heat, it's all going to be ash, okay? And God's going to recreate. We'll be there to watch Him recreate. That'll be so awesome. And you are important to him. All your possessions are just so nothing. And we think we got to accumulate and get. And just the system is going away. It can't happen soon enough to suit me. I'm, I'm, the, I'm not the Alas guy. I'm the Alleluia guy from chapter 19, verse 1. After these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. That's me. That's me right there in Scripture, and you and others who are of the same ilk. Uh, I hope you have a nice house. I hope you have a nice vehicle. God likes to bless. He's an indulgent father. He really likes to give us stuff, doesn't he? It's all, don't let it become the thing. Okay. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee, and all good things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. The merchants of these things, which were made rich by, uh, by her, uh, shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. That harks back to chapter 17, and there's definitely a connection between ecclesiastical Babylon and commercial Babylon. For in one hour, and I think that one hour is one hour, a very brief time. Was it 60 minutes? I, it's a short time, like a nuclear event short time. I don't want to say this is a nuclear event. Again, I think God pours down, rains down fire and brimstone, and they wish for simple things like nuclear at this point. When God's, he's going to so thoroughly deal with this. Say, oh, that's a shame. No, it's not. It's a reason for celebration in heaven. The people who are mourning 
have a have a skin in the game. They are making their merchandise from that. But they're making their merchandise selling stuff, and that's in itself not bad. But you've got to remember, bodies and souls of men. So that makes it very, very bad. That great city, clothed in fine linen, purple, scarlet, and decked with gold and precious stone and silver, in one hour so great riches has come to naught. And every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors, as many as trade by sea, stood afar off. And I think that's very literal. Just take that very literally, because I think that's what he's talking about. They cried when they saw the smoke of her burning. Why? Because it's way up in the atmosphere. You, from a long ways away, you can see the smoke of her burning, saying, what city is like under this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, alas, alas, that great city. Why aren't you celebrating? Because you people on the wrong team, historically. Forever. They've sold their souls for wealth. And now they're seeing how, what, what a bad deal that was. They cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing. So, alas, alas, that great city when thou wast made rich, all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness, for in one hour she made desolate. Hey, rejoice over her, thou heavens. Hey, you don't have to. You don't have to tell me this. I'm already. I'm way ahead of you, angel boy. I am way ahead of you. I, I am. I, I looked for a long time at the emptiness and the promises and the just the. People selling their soul for wealth and for fame and for and all that goes with it. God's going to deal with that. And I'm already way ahead. Rejoice over her. Rejoice over the end of sex trafficking. Yeah, you don't have to tell me twice. Rejoice over her, thou heaven and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. This is the mechanism that... We're going to see in chapter 19, the ones who are beheaded for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Remember, she's drinking from a goblet that's full of the blood of martyrs and of saints and of righteous men and prophets. And God's saying, "Uh, yeah, nobody's getting away with nothing. When when, When justice happens, it's going to happen very, very thoroughly. God has avenged you on her. By the way, I've said this only a thousand times. Vengeance isn't bad. It's just not yours. It's just not mine. Uh, It's not given to us to have our own vengeance. Listen, when somebody's done something wrong, and I understand people have done wrong things. Oh boy, do I know it. Forgive. Why should I let them off the hook? Listen, whoa, 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 whoa. God didn't let them off his hook. Okay? Just just know that. Vengeance happens. A mighty angel took up a great stone, like a great millstone, and cast into the city, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city in Babylon be thrown down, all, and shall be found no more at all. How's it going to... Remember this um, great violence, right? Thrown down, like a great millstone cast into the sea. Remember that imagery. We're going to visit it again. The voice of harpers, musicians, pipers, trumpeters shall be no more heard at all in thee. No craftsman of whatever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. The sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. Simple grinding, right? Nope. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. Darkness perpetually all the time. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. 
for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. Sorceries. Interesting. Pharmakia. Let me see if that's certain. Strong's G, 5331. Fartamarkaya. Fartamarkaya. So you read sorcery and you think oh, they're casting spells and hexes and stuff like that, sitting with a pentagram on the floor and offering a chicken. And Most people are involved in the occult through pharmakia. Drugs, okay? We should have nothing to do with any mind-addling substance, whatever. So, Adam, marijuana, it's legal. Look, I'm not going to get into a medical marijuana debate. I'm not a doctor. I'm, it's, it's way over my skis. If you don't haven't been prescribed that or something like that, you're using it for recreational purposes, why would you addle your brain any more than it's our... I fight for my dendrites to fire in the right order. If any, if any synaptic function is happening up there, let's leave that alone. That's a good thing, right? Uh, we don't want to addle our brain. We don't, want, we don't want to do that. We don't want to open ourselves up to the demonic. And I think drugs, I think alcohol does that. Uh, well, I had a beer the other night with my supper. You get Stop. I'm talking about abuse, and I'm talking about, I don't drink at all, and I would recommend that no one drinks. I don't think it's a healthy, good, beneficial thing. I think it's not where we want to be as Christians. But I see sorcery. You know, I'm, I'm on my job site, I can't think of like three or four people. When you talk about marijuana, they all, yeah, oh yeah, I smoke dope every day. Um, um, my man Isaac doesn't. <laughs> okay, he works with me. Okay, I don't. Uh, other than that, how many more? Are there a, a couple, three of us, maybe more? Everyone, just, have you talked with people about this? They readily admit. Everyone that you work has done it. Everyone you work with generally does it all the time. And I just think you're opening yourself up to something that you... Anyway, pharmakia, that's the word. That's the, by the... Drug use, all nations were deceived. And her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that was slain upon the earth. One more place. Um, let's go to Jeremiah. book of Jeremiah ends this way with the destruction of Babylon. It's in chapter 50 and 51. Um, and it's talking about the destruction of Babylon. You know, the city that came against Jerusalem, Nebuchadnezzar was in charge, and they knocked down the wall, and they sacked the temple, and they took all those things back to Babylon with them. That, that Babylon, verse 60 of Jeremiah 51, So Jeremiah wrote in a book, All the evil that should come upon Babylon, even all the words that are written against Babylon. Jeremiah said to Saraiah, the scribe, When thou comest to Babylon, see and shall see, and shall read all these words. Then shalt thou say, O Lord, thou hast spoken against this place to cut it off, that none shall remain in it, neither man nor beast, but that it shall be desolate forever. And it shall be when thou... And by the way, it's not right now, today. So these things that it's saying are going to happen, haven't happened yet, but it's going to be desolate forever because the word of God can't be broken. 
It shall be when thou hast made an end of reading this book that thou shalt bind a stone to it and cast it in the midst of Euphrates. Euphrates is a river that goes right through Babylon, just in case you're wondering. And thou shalt say, Thus shall Babylon sink and shall not rise from the evil that I will bring upon her, and they shall be weary, for thus are the words of Jeremiah. In other words, this is where it ends for Jeremiah. This is what you need to know. This city, so Babylon comes against Jerusalem and wipes it out. And then in Revelation chapter 18, God is restoring Jerusalem. He's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem for a thousand years. And Babylon's going to be wiped out. Because that's how it happens in God's economy. Whoever laughs last, laughs best. Well, that's kind of what God says too. Uh, okay, they're, they're doing this now. But they're going to have their day in court, and it's not going to go well. All the unrighteousness that they're doing, I'm going to bring it back around on them. And so that's what, and you've got to understand that. So we, we should have no Babylonians, no worldliness, no, we're done with that. We are so done with that. And then, of course, chapter 52, it's the actual fall of Jeremiah, Jeremiah's account of the fall of Jerusalem. The city's taken, and, and this is all what happens during that when Zedekiah is taken. and he's, he's, They slew his sons right before the eyes of Zedekiah. Uh, verse 10, the king of Babylon slew the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, and he slew also all the princes of Judah and Riblah, and then he put out the eyes of Je- uh, Zedekiah, the king of Babylon. Uh, and the king of Babylon bound him in chains and carried him to Babylon. It's a great reversal. Babylon wins. They're impregnable. Nobody can beat Babylon. Oh, yeah. God says, you watch this. And then the great reversal. God has his day, and he's going to come out victorious. And everyone who's on his team. Well, that's where we're going to end our study. Uh, what's the takeaway? Listen, this, this is earmarked for destruction. This whole system. How much are you going to lose when it happens? Me? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I mean, think about it. Nothing. Not, not, not really. My house disintegrates. I'm going to be in an everlasting body that won't really need a house anyway. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm going to live with Christ for a thousand years, and after that, like forevermore. Um, what have I lost? Just think about it. I'm not going to be on Jesus' team. I refuse. I steadfastly refuse. What have you lost? Oh, I don't know. A joy-filled life now plus eternity? Just a thought. Just a thought. Let's stand. Let's pray. Our uh, worship leaders will come and send us out of here in song. We're five minutes over. Sorry about that. Surely you have to forgive me because that's what the Bible says, right? Chapter 19 next week, the return of Jesus Christ. You don't want to miss this. Oh, my goodness. He's coming back. And... Not soon enough to suit us, right? He can come back anytime he wants, and I'm so ready. So ready to be done with this. Father, we just thank and praise you for your word, because we see that, Lord, nobody gets away with anything. At the end of the day, all debts are settled. Lord, people have used your people poorly for millennia. And Lord, it's all going to be made right at the end. Lord, we're not, we just soon see people saved. We're not, we, we, don't, we don't want people around us to go to hell. We don't want justice to happen, Lord. We want grace and mercy to happen to people that we know. 
And Lord, justice happened on us, on Jesus Christ on our behalf. And we want others to find that out as well. So help us, Lord, to be faithful with the gospel of Jesus Christ in these days. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.